You're listening to Character Crusade, Episode 5. Greetings, Crusaders. You're listening to Character Crusade Skyrim Roleplay Workshop. I'm Stu. And I'm Joe. And I'm Matt. And welcome to Episode 5. Tonight we're going to be talking about, well, the character-focused roleplay aspects of character weakness and limitation, how we play that out in-game. Uh, But before we do that, we have a couple other things that we want to talk about. We're going to have a great uh, character craft segment today. We're going to focus a little bit on Hinto, get an update on him and some of the things that uh, Joe's been doing there. And then when we dive into play theory, we'll talk a little bit more about this idea of character weakness, which I think um, dovetails really nicely with our discussion about Hinto, given the fact that he's so weak. Right? Oh, that was Matt. Oh, that was, I'm sorry, that was Matt. Yeah, yeah, it's it's the weak Nord, thanks. The weak Nord. (laughs) All right, but before we do that, um, we have a few announcements. Um, You may have noticed that we are actually, in fact, releasing this weekly currently. In fact, I had somebody um, comment on YouTube, um, are you sure you know what bi-weekly means? <laughs> <laughs> fair enough question. It is a fair question. and um, it, was, it was B-Y weekly, not B-I weekly. Oh, yes. By the week. Yes. <laughs> I see. See, it's all semantics, right? Oh, incidentally, ladies and gentlemen, um, Matt is joining us from some mysterious location on the East Coast. Is that correct, Matt? 
that's right. Uh, I'm being uh, sheltered here quietly on the East Coast, yes. <laughs> Nothing alarming happening on the East Coast in any way whatsoever. Oh, okay, okay. It's not like a rendition or anything like that. You're not you're not being held captive. You're just, what, they're on business or something? Uh, not really sure you should have used the word rendition because now I can't say it's not. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, of course it's not a rendition. Uh, I'm mostly out here to uh, to drive around and put as many miles on a rental car as I possibly can. Well, we know that you're good at doing that. Yes. So, yes, yes you're, I am. It's the world's fastest car. Yes, your success is assured. Yes, thank you. I'm <laughs> yes. actually just going to, what I should do is rent a car and, and do Uber. Mm-hmm. Well, well you are... play the podcasts over and over and over for the listeners. Yes. You're you're definitely uh, missed here in the palatial uh, couch where your network studio, but uh, Joe and I are holding down the fort tonight. So we will manage somehow, and we've got uh, Matt joining us via Skype. And we are not sponsored in any way by Skype yet. Although we could be, if yes. they sh should like to do so, I think. Yes, we would be yes, willing to yes, open up that dialogue. Yes, we would. We would be more than happy to open up that dialogue and perhaps get them to help us with some of our connection and sound quality issues as well. Yep. Right. I'm sure, I'm sure we'll hear that. about it in the comments. I'm sure we will. We always do. But we love you, dear listener, and we love all of your comments. Let's talk about announcements, shall we? Um, as I was mentioning, yes, we um, are not exactly doing a biweekly podcast at the moment. Um, that does not mean that uh, we are going to be able to remain a weekly podcast. But the issue we have right now, dear listener, is that we are a brand new podcast on iTunes. And what that means is we have a very limited amount of time on the new and uh, noteworthy list for our category, which is games and hobbies. So we have a very limited amount of time there. I think we get three or four weeks and that time can actually vary. They will extend it depending on how popular your podcast is and how far uh, kind of up the charts you're, you're able to push as a new podcast. One of the advantages we have, of course, are you all on YouTube who uh, have become fans of Couch Warrior and so forth. We, we have an audience and you guys who are interested in some of the topics we're covering. And that is why we have gone to a weekly podcast for a period of time to really try to rally around the idea of getting, uh, getting some listenership on iTunes and allowing new audiences to find us and the things that we're talking about here at Couch Warrior Network and uh, Character Crusade. So, if you are looking to support this podcast, one of the greatest things that you can do, if even if you if you can't do Patreon, if you can't do any of that stuff, one thing that you could do that would be immensely valuable to us is to go out to iTunes, to the Character Crusade page on iTunes, and give us a rating. Give us a rating and a review. The more ratings and reviews that we get, the higher we're able to push up that list and the broader audience we're able to reach. Really, our objective here is to try to reach the widest audience of like-minded people that we can. And well, uh, those of you who follow us on YouTube know a lot about what we're about and what we do. There's a whole bunch of people out there who are podcast listeners on iTunes and other places who really don't. 
So anything you can do to help us reach them, that would be great. And incidentally, we would like to give a shout out to Wings of Light and Dark, who has been a longtime supporter of this channel and a great friend of this channel. He's contributed stuff on the wiki. Uh, he was the first one to get out there and do a rating and review for us. It was fantastic. And we're not asking you to go out there and give us a five-star rating or anything like that. You give us whatever rating and review you think is fair based on the content we're producing and the direction we're taking the show. But, you know, um, every little bit helps, and that's definitely something all of you can do that would be a huge help to us. Uh, the other thing is, um, well, I should mention also, that if you want to find us on iTunes, the fastest way to do it is go to itunes.charactercrusade.com. itunes.charactercrusade.com will get you to our iTunes page. The next thing is Patreon. For those of you um, who have supported us on Patreon, uh, really, really appreciate it. You can find our Patreon page by going to patron.charactercrusade.com. That'll get you to our Patreon page. Big shout out to Rob, who was our first supporter, who came in at five bucks a month. Fantastic. Yay. Yeah. Thank you so much, Rob. You, you can't imagine um, how that helps us out. We can go a long way on five bucks. Um, another big shout out to Sam, who just today supported us at the $5 level also. Huge. Awesome. Thank you so much, guys. We, we really do appreciate it very much. Okay. This seems like a, a pretty good time for this. Hmm. Hold on. What you got? <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Thank you, Wings of Light and Darkness, Rob and, and Sam. Sam. And Sam. We really do appreciate it. Okay. Uh, Joe is moving into the uh, production booth. He's. We're, we're going to definitely have to get you some kind of a switchboard with all kinds of sound <laughs> effects on it because that was awesome. <laughs> production engineer Joe. Exactly. Oh, me with a button bar. I don't think I know, that's a good idea. Right? <laughs> now, in addition, uh, we're very excited to announce that we have um, pushed our podcast out to Stitcher. Those of you who are fans of Stitcher can find us there now. Um, if you're interested in getting to the page on Stitcher and quickly subscribing, if that is your uh, podcast service of choice, you can go to stitcher.charactercrusade.com and find us there. Um, what else, guys? Anything else we need to cover at this point? Boy, I think that's about uh, we got lots that's of great quite stuff a bit. So, about, I still think that the greatest thing about the intro here is, is that we've got lots of great listeners, folks commenting asking questions and the donations are phenomenal right i mean participating yeah. through patreon but uh, i agree with you it's it's just be able to great just great to be able to get out and get all the materials off of itunes and have it automatically sync especially while i'm traveling it's great to just get that stuff automatically so thanks for getting the rss feed all fixed up Steve. Yeah, got it all got it all fixed up. So you can basically find this podcast anywhere. Now, if you go to the website and you you scroll down to the bottom, we have added a series of sublinks down there that will take you to our podcast um, just about anywhere that you care to consume it. All right, before we get started, I would like to give a thank you to our first sponsor, audiobooks.com. Audiobooks.com has a whole bunch of titles out there that you can download. You can set up a free account today. It's a trial account that'll last you for uh, a short period of time, but give you access to a free book. 
You can download it, give it a listen, see if you like it at all. Uh, the service is terrific. You can pay a monthly fee, and each month you will get a credit towards the purchase of an audiobook of your choice. That can actually go quite a long way when you consider, you know, some of these books by George R.R. R. Martin are, you know, between 25 and 30 hours of listening. And when you consider that you could get that book for free um, with the purchase of a monthly membership at about 14 or 15 bucks a month, uh, you that book alone would probably cost you 35 or 40 dollars so it's it's not a bad deal at all uh even if all you do is set up the trial and download your one free book a month that that complimentary book that comes with the membership uh you know that's some literature that's getting into your brain that wasn't before so something to consider um, if you're interested in that we we have links to uh, that also on the site you can go to book.charactercrusade.com and set up a trial if you're interested we're going to be talking about literature um, on this podcast frequently so we really um, were seeking out a sponsorship like this because we knew that we would be folding in a lot of materials from various uh, sources and books are a huge source of inspiration for me. I do a lot of books and most of it is audiobooks. So shout out to them. Thank you, audiobooks.com. All right, it's time for us to get into our character craft segment. So stick around. In tonight's character craft segment, we're going to talk about Joe's character, Hinto. We haven't gotten an update on him since when? Um, oh, boy. Probably around episode, episode two. Episode two. Episode two. Yeah. That's when you blew our minds with yeah. your whole deal about, you know. The, the Dragon Walls. Yeah. Yeah. The Dragon go. Walls. If, if you haven't heard it, go back. Listen to we can't say it again or we won't be able to function for the rest of the podcast. Yeah, I know. I was kind of more or less catatonic after that. So. Well, yeah, I mean, it's like anything though, too. If you, if you go over it too much, it loses its punch. It really does. So, so but, go back, have, have a listen. Yeah, have a listen. What that did, though, is it touched off a conversation uh, later on, off the air, about the direction of your character and this whole idea that maybe he couldn't read and that, you know... Uh, he had been chosen by the walls instead of him choosing to right, read the walls. Right, right. Some, something in the walls had had kind of sized him up and decided he was worthy. And it, it started this really interesting conversation about Hinto and his progression as a character. So I wanted to take an opportunity in this episode to, to really just kind of focus on Hinto exclusively and in the direction that you're taking him. All right. Sounds good. So let's kind of what's going on right now? Well, First of all, let me say it's good to be back. It's as, good uh, to have you back. <laughs> as noted earlier, I, I was out for a little bit, uh, birthdays, and then I got sick, and then I got a new job, and oh everything's starting gosh. to calm down, and here we are. So yes. we well, kicked Matt out, and yeah. we brought the A-team in. <laughs> Made some room. me to the other side of the country. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not my fault. I know that you thought I could yell loud enough to be heard in the studio, but I do have to have some sort of electronic help this time. <laughs> <laughs> all right all right so uh well yeah no we we had some interesting uh discussions because i pretty much come to the to the conclusion that hinto would be an, Ill an illiterate character uh, mm -hmm. he just simply 
he's not going to read the books. He's not going to pick up things. He'll pick up books just out of curiosity and open them and, and then probably put them back down. Mm-hmm. Or uh, as, as the case, a, a courier has stopped him on a few different times. And, mm-hmm. and uh, basically when he gives him the, whatever it is he's delivering, mm-hmm. um, I have to play that off as he's asking him, read it to me. What's it say? Okay. So yeah. I, I can at least get the gist. So, so far I've acquired two inheritances. Oh, nice. So kind of feeling mixed feelings on that. Okay. Very, very fortunate that uh, the, the couriers are generally very honest people. <laughs> no kidding. Right? No kidding. Or maybe Hinto's just uh, nasty looking enough that they don't want to risk well, crossing. Well, yeah, that could be. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't really figured that out. Maybe he's just got to go and get his reward. I don't <laughs> right, know. Right, right. His reward for right. knowing someone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, exactly. So he's got, it's always yeah, about he's got who that you know. going. And... Like I say, if he finds a book, he'll pick it up out of curiosity. So that can kind of open up the ability to gain some of those leveling books. Mm-hmm. So I don't feel bad about opening one and mm-hmm. and getting the level or whatever if it's a skill book. Okay. But I usually don't keep it. I don't usually don't keep any of the books unless maybe they got a pretty cover or something. But <laughs> for the most right. part, it's dead weight. He's he's a nomad, okay. so he's, yeah, he's, right. He's got to travel as light as he can, which he's not really doing very well at. Well, this this character concept from the very start was kind of a a nomadic tribesman, right? He's a correct. The, the correct. idea is he's he's a Nord, but he's he, he comes from more of a a nomadic tribal faction. Yep. Yep. Um, Sorry. Right. So not civilized necessarily. Well, not uncivilized, just a different way of living. Not civilized in the sense of we we live in large communities Correct. and we have large uh, you know governments and and, and government supported systems in place these these kinds of things the trappings no, no, of civilization yeah, it's, it's not a, a city right? like right. comparable to yeah. city life no it's, okay it's a Hinto appreciates a, his space well yeah and the ability to move around and, and mm-hmm. you know go where you need to to you know, right. either grow crops or find animals to hunt and all that good stuff so well this idea that a that a character can read is really fundamental to the game because so much is based on books implied yeah so Mm -hmm. what enormous assumption there well yeah so so what are you doing in a situation where you've got a character who is really you know you're focused on these this idea of being a shaman but conceivably can't read spell books well one could go with the the same philosophy that you know is this because it's a spell it's, right it's just kind of embedding itself it's magic you can do that right but um yeah as a as a a shaman type of character you you would definitely think of the of spell casting right and you can't do that without learning spells right and the only way you learn spells is to read books or you can't even have someone teach you. Mm-hmm. I mean, they can teach you and level your skills. Your skills. But that doesn't give you any spells to work with. Right, right. Every now and again, if you choose a certain point in a, in a tree, you might gain a spell. Mm-hmm. But that's about it. So, um, But we had talked uh, offline about the idea or the concept of... of playing someone that's this shaman spell sort of pseudo spellcaster, if you will. Right. Without any spells mm-hmm. and relying really 
on artifacts and mm -hmm. and uh, enchanted enchanted weapons, enchanted items and clothing. Right. Uh, whether it's you know something you purchase or something you do. Uh, right now, my enchanting is really horrid, so mm -hmm. I'm not enchanting <laughs> anything myself. Right. Um, and plus, you need to acquire those things to enchant so that you can disenchant, so you can learn mm -hmm. what it is that you want to do. But well, I like this idea of this this idea of a spellcaster whose whose spellcasting ability is instinctive rather than intellectual. Right, right? and that really plays in well uh, with the whole Dragonborn. Yeah, it does. Um, because right? now you can take those Dragonborn powers and give them a new identity. Yeah, exactly. That I think that's amazing. I, I love this idea, right? Imagine a character focused on spell casting. In a sense. In a sense, mm -hmm. right? But who doesn't have any spells. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, after we had but, talked about that... Uh, it kind of resonated. I'm like, that'd be really cool. Let's let's mm -hmm. see if we can make that work. It's going to be really hard, especially at yeah, low level, because sure. taking down a dragon, well, taking down a dragon, whether you got, whether you have a bow or a mm -hmm. spell, I mean, yeah. at low level is still going to be always hard. hard. Yeah. yeah, it's always hard. So, but as I am able to start absorbing these these mm -hmm. dragon souls, I'll be able to increase my shouts, and that's really where I want to focus the character on is. When he gets to a point where he has enough shouts and uh, abilities with them, mm -hmm. I'll rely. I'll I'll start weaning or relying less on on uh, melee and and ranged weaponry. I can try yeah. to use the shouts in a in a more creative way. Right. It it plays really well with the story too when you think about it because a character like this. What what we know of Hinto, right, is that he, he grows up in a tribal environment and then he basically goes on a sojourn to try to find his spiritual self. So presumably that doesn't happen until after he's spent a very long time living in this community and participating in that community um, as, as, a, as a member of that community. So it's completely plausible that as he separates himself from the tribe, his focus is really on, you know, I'm good with weapons. I know how to hunt. I know how to track. Well, I, it's, it's, right? it's survival. Yeah, so yeah. You, you do what you know best to survive. So that's what he's started out as. Yeah. Is using those. those. Mm -hmm. He started out two-handed, and I, I quickly migrated to a, a dual weapon style. Okay. Uh, because the two-handed just didn't feel right for the character's style. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. you know, if I could get a couple perks back, but, you know, there they are. Right. <laughs> Two-handed weapons. But, mm -hmm. so he's a dual wielder, uh, which, of course, doesn't give him the shield option. So mm -hmm. it makes him a little vulnerable since he wears light armor. But, mm -hmm. um, again, I like that, though. That's kind of the way it is. You know, he's he's light armor. He's mobile. He's he's a good hunter. So presumably, you know, to, to me, when I think about that, I, I think of a a fighting style that is really anchored in mobility rather than defensive armor yeah, and it's, and it's also like that, right? very offensive yeah uh, mm -hmm. at least that's how i've been playing right he's, he's very kind of all all hands on deck he's uh, aggressive he's very aggressive in his okay. battle so okay he, he he plows right into the into combat light armor mm -hmm. not with both blades flashing yeah well let's say tell me a little bit about that uh, in what respect? 
Well, what's it like to plow into battle with like no armor? I'm I'm tempted well, to just throw on everything that I can because uh, I don't have the experience well, yet, so I'm I'm relying on the armor probably more than uh, anybody else would. Well, it's it's really a matter of uh, uh, gauging your battle. Um, I don't, I I won't I won't send them into a, a, a full on you know dozen bandits or anything like that. Uh, so what I'll do is I'll often start out if there's a large group I'll start out picking them off with a bow. Yep. And then when they're whittled down or they've come mm -hmm. close enough, I'll switch up to melee and and, right. and just you know whirlwind it and yeah hope it's I, hope i come out on the other end it's guerrilla tactics right where mm -hmm. you're you know if you're a, a character who is you know used to living and hunting and so forth and right. in wooded areas you're you're used to fighting from concealment well yeah um, and if you know that kind of thing and if you're a hunter you you have to because animals are yeah. pretty smart to that right right so then the philosophy would be that um in melee combat, you're focused on damage output. Absolutely. How much damage can I do in in the shortest period of time? So yep. in this instance, um, what we're talking about is, you know, wielding two weapons at the same time and using combat moves that are that are really focused on power attacks with with two weapons and maximum damage output. So, you know, your your objective is really to bring your opponent to his knees as quickly as possible so that you don't take those shots so that you don't have to worry about armor and you you fight from cover and from surprise and hit and run and stuff like that so it's a yeah. it's a different way of thinking about combat but i think it's 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 sort of a hallmark of the stealth type of fighter um you know the assassin or the scout or right, things like right. that yeah, and I, I guess he would probably fit more in that either at this particular moment, mm -hmm. that scout slash ranger type of, you know, yeah. archetype, if you will. Mm -hmm. uh, right now I've got him using uh, a Norse axe and uh, a honed Nordic war axe, which is okay. from the immersive weapons pack, I believe, if okay. I remember right. Uh, dual axe wielder. Dual axe wielder. I love that. So one's yeah. kind of your sharp, almost kind of a stereotypical looking stereotypical looking uh like viking okay. war axe kind oh, yeah. of shape to it mm -hmm. and then the other is almost like a pick it's like a dual pick it's it's actually mm -hmm. pretty brutal looking nice so <laughs> that's pretty cool so in let, let's talk a bit more then about um this idea of the instinctive spellcaster so yeah shouts make a lot of sense to me yeah for sure yeah that that for sure that mm -hmm. really uh uh will be as bread and butter as he mm -hmm. as he has more to choose from mm -hmm. uh, right now as i said he's, he's he's doing a lot of melee but shouting when he can uh mm -hmm. whirlwind sprint uh he's used i've used that a few times when i'm encumbered mm -hmm. and i don't oh, want to yeah. drop anything oh yeah so guess i never really thought about using it for that what's nice is it, it recovers fast enough so you can you can use it frequently. Okay. I, I went I went travel all across Skyrim doing that, but <laughs> if if you're not too far from the town, then yeah, it, it works okay. And, and there's just <laughs> there's loot you just don't want to get rid of. Right. Right. So, but um, really, as far as as kind of this this 
battle mage goes or it's not even or pardon me uh i was actually going for a battle shaman i'm I, I, it's really just a shaman mm-hmm. i mean that's the end goal mm-hmm. is to create this shaman character so what i did after our discussion because i had already spent some points and and bought in spells mm-hmm. bought in purchased purchased <laughs> bought just bought good lord what's 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 the right word on this matt Bought, 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 bought. Purchased, purchased is easier, but bought is correct. Me, okay. <laughs> me feel English. Did you earn it? That's impossible. <laughs> was it gifted to you? <laughs> Apparently, grammar possible. was not. Perhaps we can go somewhere and office about it. The the gra- the grammar wall did not choose you. No, no. <laughs> yes, he chose yeah. poorly. Mm-hmm. So, um. No, what I had done was uh, I I went in. I, I was going to try to do some console commands uh, since I play on the PC mm-hmm. and uh, strip out all the spells that I had purchased for them. Okay. Because I, I did. I I wanted to really get back to the basic of that idea of the right. shaman idea and and really that ritualistic <clears throat> instinctual magic. Mm-hmm. So. I was having a tough time doing it with console. For some reason, it wasn't removing them. Okay. But I did find a nifty little mod oh, yeah? that I installed. And uh, all, the, all I had to do was equip the spell I wanted. And then I would equip the, the mod like I would a power. Okay. And then I just hit the power key. And for whatever spells I had running at the time, it would remove them. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's kind of cool. It works really slick. So I, you know, I had like my, about six, seven different spells. So not a yeah. lot. At you were that pretty point. low level. So oh. it didn't take me long to mm-hmm. do that at all. So I, I totally removed his spell. So it's it's coin wasted, but eh, yeah. But you know, you live it's, and learn. yeah, it's it's coin it, it's coin spent on yeah. this this concept that you're going after, which I, which in the end I think is only going to be stronger because of the limitation you're putting on yourself. Yeah, so I, I really have no I have I have no spells with the character. Okay. He has absolutely no spells. Now I did spend early on as well a couple <clears throat> perks in some of the, the the I think alteration and maybe conjuration, I can't remember, okay. but uh, so they're still there. I wish you know, again if I could have those back that'd be Kind of nice. That would be. Yeah. I bet I could find another place <laughs> yeah. for him. But well, you know what I really like about this concept is, um, and, and this is really great for our play theory topic tonight, which is about character weakness and limitations and how that enhances mm-hmm. role play, right? But uh, w- what I like about this concept is that the idea of instinctive learning, or in this kind of. Um, sort of instinctive way of of acquiring knowledge, I think also plays very well into crafting because it's completely conceivable that, you know, we, we all know people who pick up skills very quickly. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I've known known people who were not developers but could sit down and in a day or two look at a string of code and understand what it does. Right. And so I think that there are scenarios where individuals might have an aptitude right. you know, for some of this stuff. Oh, for right? sure. For so sure. I could definitely see crafting coming into play here. Mm-hmm. What about, um, I mean, if, if you don't have any spell books, you're not casting any spells in any of those kind of mage-related 
perk trees, mm -hmm. my assumption is, are you going to are there any perks that a person would pursue that you can think of that would be in any of those kind of standard, you know, destructive and destruction, you know, illusion, any of that? Or well, again, it it, it comes down to you can spend the perk points, but if you don't have the spells, right, they're not going to do you much good. Right, and and as far as I know, there aren't any perks in those trees that have any sort of well, there are perks in those when you're using Perkus Maximus that have passive effects that could benefit you in other ways. But I think that... I don't know if, don't know if there's any magic ones, though, in some of those. Uh, there are in some of the others. I don't know. I think that's worth researching and, and talking about in, a, in another... In, in a future update for Hinto, because yeah. I think this is a really unique idea. Yeah, a spell-focused character who does not have spells. So, yeah, so. speaking of perks, so now lately um, I put, I've been utilizing the, uh, the, the perks in the, the speech tree because okay. I do use Perkus. Okay. And there are a few, uh, the way Perkus restructures some of, you know, well, all of the perks, but uh, the perks in, in the speech tree have a lot of, uh, benefits to dragon shouts and okay there are some also if i'm recalling up the the right side of the, the speech tree mm -hmm. that will have some synergy with the destruction tree uh-huh but it's based on your destruction spell skill your okay. skill level yeah yeah so mm -hmm. it's got some synergy points there but again you need to be right casting right destruction spells yeah i think it's worth taking a look and for those of you who who are um who've not used percus maximus what we're talking about is it, it's a mod that is a complete overhaul for the perk system in skyrim it makes it a bit more granular kind of a lot more detailed quite a bit more interesting um, so rather than having these large groupings of, of perks where, you know, if you acquire that perk, it just bumps damage in a particular area by X percent, and you can do that five or six times, it breaks all of those out into more granular and individual type of perks that have much more interesting effects on, on what you can do. Mm -hmm. And they really allow you to dial in or focus a character in ways that you couldn't with the vanilla perk system. Right. So um, as Joe is mentioning, there there are perks in there in the speech tree that give you really great bonuses on dragon shouts. A lot of you it know, has to and, revolve around cooldown, but yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, you can, yeah, you can recover the ability to use that shout more quickly and, and you know, things like that. Right. Uh, I think there are some also that have an impact on the damage that certain types of shouts can do. Yep. Things like that. Yeah, and that's that's mm -hmm. an example of the, the destruction right. synergy I was talking about. Mm -hmm. was, yeah, there is one, I don't recall what it's called, but it will do an additional... Okay. Uh, amount of damage. Yeah, I really do love the Perkus Maximus um, speech tree, and and I yeah, it makes it viable. It, it really does. I hadn't paid that much attention I to it either. before, um, and then uh, recently I I started a new warrior character as part of my Epicosity project. I was creating my new Harbinger, right, and getting into the speech tree and using some of the perks in there. That th there are perks that allow you to you know 
they, they give you this this commanding kind of presence, right? Right. Where when you activate that power, any warriors or followers or people who are on your side fighting with you get bonuses just because you're there. You oh, know, yeah. right. Yeah, you know, the battle cries and all that. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And th there's the battle cries and there's, uh, there's an some anthem. Yeah, there's a yeah. battle anthem. It's called Battle Anthem. Yeah. And I, I love this idea that it makes you feel like you're truly a leader. And, and the fact that you're there is benefiting all the people around you and stuff. Right, so. right. Which could have a tremendous impact on the Civil War questline. Oh, for sure. Yeah, in, in groups where you're yeah. fighting in large groups right. like that, for sure. So, yeah. so I guess the only other thing I, got, I will uh, go into a little bit with Hinto and the fact that I've stripped him of his magic as mm -hmm. um, shaman Mm -hmm. hmm. uh, is the fact, if you remember when we first talked about him originally, he went into the companion's quest line. Yeah. So I'm kind of coming back around to that now. Okay. And revisiting that that quest line. Okay. Uh, I'd like to try to finish it out and and com continue with it and, and try to bring that to a, you know, kind of a head. So. Okay. Uh, and part of that is this uh, kind of this raw power that I've I've gotten with the werewolf. Okay. So I accepted the werewolf offering. Okay. And uh, this character is really liking the werewolf power. <laughs> Yeah, he's he's just it's that savage right. bestial instinct. I don't mm -hmm. know what it is, but uh, I've been playing him using that frequently. I've actually spent like or earned and spent, I think, around four or five points in the werewolf tree now. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. So I've been tearing people up. It's been fun. <laughs> I've never done that. It's I've, fun. I've never tried. I that. had a great kill cam just last night. Actually, I was playing. Uh, it's one as a werewolf I've never seen. Uh, a lot of times, one of the kill cams for a werewolf is he'll pin the person on the ground and he'll just start tearing at him with his claws. Right. Now, this one that I had seen uh, or had gotten, he actually, as, as if you're viewing viewing your character as the werewolf from behind, so you're looking over his shoulder from the rear. Okay. And he actually picked the bandit up, <clears throat> hoist him in the air, and then tore their head off. Oh, my God. <laughs> wow. I never saw that. I'm like, oh, I wish I could have captured that one. Yeah. But I didn't. So he's been I, having a lot of fun with it. A little too much because I've gotten myself into some some kind of big trouble going uh, into werewolf form and running into uh, groups of Imperials and or Stormcloaks. Yeah, yeah. And uh, like big groups, 12, yep. 15 of them. Because I have a, I, I do have a civil war overhaul in. Okay. So they're they're wandering around in in large. Oh, groups. large groups, yeah. And you, you, you're not going to bring those down. No, sometimes There's it's just too better many. just to run. Too many. You know, but <laughs> so I've uh, I've had some trouble with that. I've learned. <laughs> well, I'll be interested in um, hearing more updates. So on, yeah. on Hinto and this, you know, in in the whole werewolf thing. Um, I've I've played characters who are werewolves, but I've never really invested fully in, yeah, in the power. I, so. I think that's going to be something I will probably uh, pursue actively is, is that werewolf right. form along with this, this dragon shout. Sounds cool. Because it works really well to take down a couple bandits. There's three of them left and then you form into a werewolf as they're surrounding you. Nice. And then you just go berserk. <laughs> Well, there is much more to come on Hinto, ladies and gentlemen. So, I, I'm, I think we're all kind of curious to see how this 
this whole thing plays out, especially as you go up levels and you're able to start acquiring some some crafting skills and you know yeah his equipment is still like pretty mm -hmm. pretty standard fare so nothing real so special Joe, question that. for you yes do you think you're going to come out of this character hinto with skills like you know someone who loses their sight or something like that there's a sort of a corresponding pickup in uh in other senses do you think that your gameplay will change in general, uh, for the better, just for the lack of having some of these, uh, you know, regular gameplay features for you. I mean, your your character is effectively hobbled in some ways, uh, but you're you're going to get so good in some of these other areas that you're going to. I mean, well, yeah, I, th I think it's going to bring out. I think it's going to bring out uh, some different ways of of playing the game that I haven't done before and. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, I think it's going to make my gameplay better and my experience better. So just because it's going to be really interesting. Yeah, I think so. Sure. So, yeah, I mean, to your analogy, yes, I, I I can definitely, I can see that happening. Whether it does, we'll we'll find out, but mm -hmm. I, right. I could see it happening. Well, I you know, it's a grand experiment, right? We keep talking about how... Skyrim is a sandbox, and that's really what it's all about. What are the different kinds of experiences I can have? And I think one of the most interesting things that you can do is find cool ways to focus your, your efforts around a character by imposing some limitations on yourself. Mm -hmm. And, exactly. uh, you know, that's really what the, the crux of this episode is, is about. So... We are going to transition into our play theory segment, so stick around. So in today's play theory segment, we're talking about weaknesses and or character limitations. And uh, this is a concept that's near and dear to me because every single character I play has some kind of weakness or limitation. They don't necessarily need to be grounded in any kind of a game mechanic. It can be something that's just purely in your head that you do. A lot of it is self-imposed. Right? Yeah, exactly. It's a thing that that you decide to make um, an idiosyncrasy of the particular character that you're playing, and it's just something that you do, and you suffer the consequences for it occasionally. <laughs> but presumably, you're doing that because there's some value there. There's there's something that that you can attach role play to, 
that has value. Right. And I, I really wanted to talk about this one tonight. Um, we got a great um, email through the website um, from someone named Callum. Callum, thank you very much for your submission. Uh, Callum is located in Scotland, and he sent us a role play quandary uh, through the website. And he says, I was wondering if you could tell me how to play a character in Skyrim. I want a character that everyone is scared of when he walks into town. I want him to be a big muscular warrior that carries a special sword or that does amazing things. This character has to have a reputation for killing everything that has ever attempted to hurt him. He must be almost unstoppable, but I want him to have some kind of a weakness, just like Achilles and how his heel was his weakness. Um, I, I think that's a great question. And what I like about this is, um, you know, I, I work in, in sort of a, a creative profession. And one of the things that we always talk about is how the most sort of best creative ideas often come out of situations where you place yourself in a creative box. Rather than saying that the world is your oyster and you can do whatever you want, you say, here's the box that you have to play inside of. Now do the most creative thing that you can inside it. And I think that I take that into Skyrim and say, you know, if I'm going to come up with something interesting, I, I want to sort of balance it with, with something else that is a drawback because as much as the awesome things that a character does help define who they are in a role-playing sense, so do the crappy things that they do or the weaknesses they have or the things they screw up on a regular basis, right? So I thought it would be fun to kind of talk about this concept. And, you know, Hinto was a great example of that, right? Where in, the, in that situation, we're going to use a game mechanic and this idea of, you know, we have this self-imposed restriction that, nope, he's not going to have any spell books, but he's going to be focused on spell power somehow, mm -hmm. right? Right. So how does, how does that manifest itself in a situation where the, the character just, he can't read? You know, he, he can't read. Everything comes from his gut. You know, it, yep. it means that he's a character who's potentially highly emotional, perhaps. I think that's safe to say. Right? Which, which I think dovetails beautifully with the whole dual weapon thing. Mm -hmm. he, he's, he's about aggression and first strike, and he thinks from his gut, and he's instinctive. And everything that you described about Hinto and, and the direction you were taking him fit into that, right? I think so. That's that's the goal. Right. Exactly. So I know that, um, you know, different folks talk about, you know, all kinds of different ways to do this. The obvious way is to use some kind of imposed game mechanic to, to say, I'm going to not allow myself to do this, or I'm not going to allow myself to do that or, right. or right. whatever. But I think sometimes the more interesting ones are these sort of self-imposed restrictions that don't necessarily have a game mechanic, but are all about the psychology of the character. Right, right. Mm -hmm. One, I don't know if this would be a game mechanic or a player choice. Uh, for example, always pulling out a knife or a dagger if you're going to skin a deer or mm -hmm. that kind of thing, just because that's what you need to do. No, it's, you, uh, I think it fits. You're not going to skin it with a longsword. Yeah. 
And you're talking about um, Hunterborn, the mod Hunterborn, Hunterborn, right? or if you just want to imply it in, in the vanilla right. game, because, mm -hmm. I mean, you can gain the, the pelts and stuff. Oh, yeah, that's the true. Gear. So, I mean, mm -hmm. you can play it out in your in your head or, you know, mm -hmm. in your game style, but not right. necessarily have it be a part of the game. But Hunterborn definitely, especially for this particular character of mine I'm running now, it is essential. Mm -hmm. I, I am really relying on that. Uh, the what it offers mm -hmm. to be a part of his uh, this this character in the the play style. Yeah, well, I I think to directly address Callum's question, I Callum, I think there's all kinds of cool things you could do here. Um, you know, a great big character, some somebody who's an imposing warrior, um, is sort of the alpha dog on the battlefield. I could think of all kinds of interesting ways that you might be able to give a character a weakness but maybe what it what it is is um different maybe different kinds of weaknesses at at varying degrees mm -hmm. you know um one thing that um i think came through in in my playthrough uh with fleet was that he had this sort of uh, issue with not wanting to get wet unless he absolutely had to. He kind of avoided water, right? There are a lot of occasions where he would he would use a water walking spell or he would he would look for a route around or he would take the bridge or he'd look for the shallow point. He he was not a character that we saw do a lot of swimming and I remember that there was even a point during part of the playthrough on Solstheim where I addressed that that fact directly where, you know, he was, you know, I was actually bitching sometimes about, man, I just don't feel like going through that body of water. I'm going to go around. I'm going to find, maybe I can jump across here. Maybe I can jump from rock to rock, you know, this kind of thing. Right. right. Yep. Um, whereas, uh, you know, for, for people who aren't necessarily into, into role play, um, the water is just a game space that you move through differently and it's just like anything else. So I'm just gonna run as the crow flies from point A to point B and if I have to spend half the time swimming, fine. But with that character, I had, I don't know, whenever I was playing the character, I just had this sort of visceral reaction, this negative feeling in my gut about the idea of getting wet. Like, why would I wanna, you know, like I didn't wanna do it. I had a... I had a similar feeling and still do whenever it rains. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh my gosh. I out running down here and run to Rifton or uh -huh. you know, I'm heading up yeah. to to wherever and, and a storm will brew up and start pouring down. Yeah. And ah, oh, it's just so miserable. It is. I just feel so miserable. I'm like, I gotta yeah. find a place to get out of this. I know, I'm the same way. This just sucks. Yeah, it does. You know, even if you're not running any kind of a mod that places limitations on you for being damp it or still cold. rains in the game. It, it rains in the game. And I've been the same way. There have been times when, you know, I've I've stayed overnight at an inn oh, yeah. or something I've like that. that. And I and I get up for it to clear. And I'm I get up and I'm like, damn it, it's still, still I can rain. still hear the rain outside. <laughs> you know, because I'm running a, a, a mod that, you know, so I can hear the rain yeah, hitting yeah. the roof. And I'm like, damn it, it's still raining. So I'll go get another ale, hang out a little bit, wait, still raining. Then I end up buying the room for another night and I just sleep it off, you know, like sleep for like 24 hours. Damn it, it's still raining, you know? Like, yeah. I don't know what it is. 
Yeah, I've done that too. Uh -huh. I've done that too. No, obviously that's a small thing. That's a very small thing. That's a small thing. Mm -hmm. But yeah. Yes, but yeah. see, you're giving me lots of important playing tips. Am I? Well, good. Mm -hmm. Oh, this is good. I yeah. See, so, we were I mean, talking about yeah, sleeping that. earlier. Now I know that you can stay at the inn and that you can, you know, stay as long as you want, as long as you've got as enough as money you, to you, continue yeah, buying yeah, enough yeah, meat. As long as you can rent the room. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Or you can so just wait there. It's not even about the room. Can't you just sit at the bar? You can. <laughs> yeah, sure. You can just sit at the bar. You know, hang out at the meadery. Well, you know, there, there's all kinds of things that you can do, Callum, and, and they get they get progressively more extreme, depending on the character that you're playing. You you can you could give the you could give the character some kind of a some kind of a cultural type of a quirk or something like that. Um, I know, Joe. At one time, you were you were playing um, a fairly uh, fanatical orc yep. who used to kind of get upset when there were people using orcish weapons that he didn't feel should be using them. Oh, yeah, and basically, he, yeah. His yeah. his point of view was if you're not an orc and you're wearing anything orc or wielding something of an orc, you're not worthy. Uh-huh. And, uh, yeah, with that particular character, what I had done was if I had found anything, whether it's laying on the ground, off of a mm -hmm. bandit, in a chest, if it was orc made, mm -hmm. I took it. Yeah. And then I'd go and store it in a chest of my own because yeah. whoever had it wasn't worth it. Yeah. And if it was an orc bandit, they weren't worth it either because they were a bandit. <laughs> right. So. Yeah. Doing See, your rules. So, yeah, yeah no, if, but yeah, if I came across anything orc, I, I took it and stored it because mm -hmm. it needed to be with its people. Yeah, that that's kind yeah, of a right. cultural thing, right? Right. It's... And I only ever used, I, I only used orc armor, orc weapons. Mm -hmm. I, I that's I didn't use anything. I mean, there's better weapons, but I didn't use them because they mm -hmm. weren't orc. Yeah, yeah. So great um, approach. Another limitation you could probably put on, or you could put on, is you know, I, I never wear a helmet. Mm -hmm. Something small like that. Yeah, and uh, when you think about it, um, there are some pretty significant bonuses that that you can be missing out on when you're not wearing a complete set of armor, including which the headgear. Helmet, correct. Right. Yep. Um. I've had the same issue with characters that I just could not conceive of them wearing a helmet. Mm -hmm. And so I would forego certain bonuses that I would certainly be entitled to if I just put the dang helmet on, you know, but I could not bring myself to do it, you know. So I, I think that there are a lot of things like that. In the instance of what Joe's character was doing, um, his name, by the way, is Grimal, and you can find pictures of him in the gallery on the website. But I, I think the issue there is you, you end up in these situations where you're incredibly over-encumbered because you've, you, you've snatched up all the weapons and gear of these people that you're pretty convinced do not deserve to carry it. It's happened. Right. Yep. And then you also maybe find yourself getting into conflicts where maybe normally a character wouldn't, right? So, right. you know, you, you spot somebody that you don't think is worthy of a piece of equipment and now suddenly you, you feel obligated to do something about it, but it's this sort of self-imposed right. ideal right. that a character has that creates that kind of a situation. Yeah, the, the, the encumbrance piece mm -hmm. came, <laughs> that, that was probably in a lot of cases the, the most difficult to over, right. overcome. Right, right. But uh, yep. he did use a horse, so if he could at least make it to his horse, he was he yeah. was okay. Okay, but then. <laughs> sometimes uh, that was a long haul. Uh huh. Or if he, if he forgot mm -hmm. where I left the horse, right? Done that once or twice. 
So Callum, I would just, you know, take a look at it and, you know, figure out where you're at as a character right now and whether or not there are any, there are any sort of restrictions or limitations that you can place on yourself that have to do with maybe some of the quests you're involved in, with some of the personality traits that you want to emphasize with a character, uh, you know, things of that nature. And I would suggest doing some combination of those things right. and, and have them be related. I will give you an example. Um, as I said uh, earlier, right now I am working on a character playthrough for my Epicosity project, uh, focusing on my Harbinger, who happens to be um, a Red Guard warrior, um, a very large Red Guard warrior who uh, has has become an officer uh, in the Imperial Army. And the interesting thing I've done with him is I've basically, I brought him into the game with uh, a two-handed sword that I have basically said is a family sword passed down to him uh, by his father. And this is a weapon that he will use religiously. And I know that as I go up levels, a lot of better two-handed weapons are going to present themselves. Oh, that's a great. And I'm yeah. I'm going to bypass them because he is he is stuck on the idea that this this big two-handed battle saber is the family sword. It's the best blade available, and he's not going to look at another two-handed weapon and think that it's it's worthy of carrying. He's trying to live up to the legend of his father and his grandfather before him. So there, there's a restriction right there. Another restriction is that I used alternate start when I created the character, so I brought him into the game immediately as an Imperial soldier, which by default means that I've already got a whole set of enemies out there in the Stormcloaks <laughs> that are just waiting for me to walk to walk up to him, right, or, or to show up. Right. So there's another limitation. Um, right from the get-go, I've got a bunch of people who are gunning for me besides the usual bandits and so forth. And then the other psychological thing I do is I've basically said, here is a guy who is, he's lived, uh, he's lived his life in a martial society, and now he's transitioned into the Imperial Legion and he has brought himself up from a, 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 a grunt soldier to an officer level. And he basically lives by a military code. He lives by a military code. So everything is spit and polish. Everything is done on, you know, same time to bed, same time to rise. You care for your gear. You do these things. You, The horse has the imperial saddle that is, you know, considered... Uh, considered endorsed by the military. I mean, so he functions in that way. And so I've, I play him as, as an imposing sort of figure with a lot of authority when he's around his men. But when he goes into Whiterun and he gets into a civilian situation, he doesn't really know what to do, right? So the way that I play him is that he goes to the Bannered Mare to eat but he mainly goes there because he has a thing for Sadia. Oh. <laughs> and he's he's kind of self-conscious about it. He's kind of embarrassed about it. So he never goes into the tap room. 
He always goes in the side door and he sits at the little table in the corner in the kitchen. Oh, and as funny. soon as he sits down, Sadia will come over and ask him what he wants to drink oh, and eat. Funny. And so he never goes in the common room. He sits in that little dark corner and he drinks his ale and he eats his meal and he watches Sadia come in and cook, right? It, it's like he's a lovesick puppy dog watching this girl that he's got a thing for. And the thing I love about that is eventually I'll play the side quest where he's got to save uh, Sadia, right? Yeah. And then who knows, maybe in the future she becomes a marriage prospect. But right now he's this this little kind of obsessed puppy dog around her but when he's out in the battlefield and he's with his men he's he's fierce and authoritarian and he's in control right but but in the bannered mare he's all mush that's and, good i like that a lot yeah so that's just a little quirk right and you can do that kind of stuff over and over oh again, yeah right? yeah absolutely so anyway that that's the advice we would have for you callum find find a couple of interesting things uh that you can latch on to that help you with role play and if you can reinforce some of that with also some things that limit that limit you in terms of game mechanic, that also just kind of forces you a little bit more into situations where you need to think a bit more about what it is you're going to do in a given situation. That's what I got. <laughs> I think it's brilliant. It's brilliant. Anything to add, Matt? I know this is a this is a a, a topic. Uh, for you that's that's probably fairly new since you're just getting into the role play aspects of this game now but oh i can't think of anything i'm just trying to take it all in i have the same questions right i mean i'm going through for the first time yeah uh the big challenge is is that when you start thinking about creating the character i have to admire the fact that there's a question about how do i make my character fallible right there's yeah. got to be some tragic weakness in in all of these characters, you know, otherwise it would just be, mm -hmm. you know, sort of in a cheat mode. And that's that's what I think is makes it so much more real, not only for even a first playthrough, but for those who have gone through so many times to look at how do we make them almost more human. Mm -hmm. Right. And, right. you know, looking at the n number of different ways that you have done this and the way that you've just described it over the last few minutes, it could be cultural, it could be physical, it could be uh, the weapons that you choose to use or choose not to use, mm -hmm. or those things that really make uh, you know, a, a person and a character extremely unique. Uh, and that's really what it all comes down to for the entirety of what you're talking about in general. And that's, you know, this isn't just some story. It's our story. And we make it more of our story when we have those little pieces that make that character hours, you know, like you're only using orcish weapons or you've decided that you're going to do this sort of love interest side thing. I, I wouldn't have thought about that really as I'm going through for the first time. Mm -hmm. um, and so I truly appreciate that there's that sense of place, not just of a character in the story, but of a character, you know, over the span of their life or all the things that led up to it. So I know that I'm, I'm sounding a little fanboyish right now, but the reality is, is that you know, there's so much depth to the thought that goes into the question uh, that Colin was asking that, you know, it, it's great to hear the answer. And it took 20 minutes to get through the answer. But seriously, I'm writing notes now because I think it's so cool. Well, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of different ways a person could do this. So I think what, what Joe and I are trying to do is paint a picture for what some of the options might be. You know, I think there are some that are really obvious, mm -hmm. like, oh, I'm only going to use this kind of weapon. Sure, that, that's sort of an obvious thing. 
Um, but the less obvious is how are all these, what are all these little psychological things that I can do that sort of play into that? So in that scenario where we understand that a character is so fiercely loyal to his country and fiercely loyal to his family, um, the idea that he would simply jettison a weapon in exchange for another one just because it was shinier or seemed like it might be better in some way is is ludicrous. That's that's the part that doesn't make sense, right? Yeah, when you start thinking. But that's about what also makes way. the the character more real, uh, exactly in the same right. way than the character or any other kind of story would be like. It makes them more believable mm -hmm. because their actions are consistent, even if they're consistently weird. They're consistent, yeah. right? I've done it. You've done it. Both of you, I'm sure that you you know you've made a decision to. Uh, follow on after something, whether it was uh, <laughs> something you wanted to buy or something that you were learning at school or something that you were just desperate to get after it at work. You know, people might not understand the reason behind it. Might not matter that there are other, you know, better two-handed swords. It, it, if you've got a thing for this one, no one's going to talk you out of it. And exactly. there's something almost reassuring about that. Yeah, that's a that's a really cool way to look at it. Um, and I, I think it's probably only an opinion that somebody with, with less experience in the game could express in, in that way because I think those of us who are, have been so immersed in the game mechanic for so long, um, you know, it's, it's hard for us to separate sometimes what, what the game mechanic, the, the, the sort of trappings of the game mechanic versus what, what are the psychological aspects or traits of a truly realistic character right and i i think you kind of nailed it there so this was a great so, discussion in a way you've just said that it's valuable for the first time ever to have a new around i don't think that's the first that's time i've said that is it first time. hey okay so I'm we've gone from certain. cannon fodder to uh to uh sort of uh, cultural <laughs> speakeasy here right we appreciate every <laughs> word you utter Every word you utter, Matt. <laughs> right. Well, dear listener, we've come to the end of another episode. We would like to thank fans of the show for your faithful support and continued encouragement. Your enthusiasm is the lifeblood of this podcast, and whether you, your support comes through uh, Patreon dollars or through iTunes with reviews and recommendations to your friends and family, we appreciate it all. Uh, you can... Uh, contact us through the website at charactercrusade.com. And until next time, remember, it's not about the objective. It's about the journey. So go forth and experience. Hey, Crusaders. If you're anything like me, you appreciate a great story. As lovers of roleplay, we often find ourselves looking to literature for ideas to inspire our next character or playthrough. For me, there's nothing more satisfying than a great story well told. But as much as I love to read, I don't always have time to sit down with a good book. However, all is not lost. In the last couple of years, I've become a huge fan of audiobooks and always have one queued up on my phone for those rare moments when life calms enough for a good story. Whether working in the yard, driving to the office, or simply killing time in line at the DMV, audiobooks make any time story time. And when you purchase a book or set up an account through Character Crusade, you're supporting this podcast at the same time. In today's podcast, 
we discussed our characters and the flaws that make them feel authentic. My favorite books are those that focus on character first and emphasize an individual's complexity and humanity by allowing us to peer into their past and witness the events that shape who they are. One such book is The Warded Man by Peter V. Brett. I recently completed this book, which is the first in his groundbreaking series, Demon Cycle. I was struck by the depth of character development and the similarities between the story's protagonist, Arlen, and Fleet from the Aranus Arcana Let's Play on Couch Warrior TV. Both noble and filled with self-loathing, Arlen sacrifices his future and his humanity for the good of all mankind in a desperate battle against the evil that rises from the earth each night. The story is exciting and pulls you into Arlen's head as he transforms from an idealistic boy into a legendary warrior. The metamorphosis is fueled by his hatred of demons, grief over the death of his mother, and his disgust at his father's failures. If this book sounds like your kind of story, go to book.charactercrusade.com and start your free 30-day trial. You can cancel at any time, and you get a complimentary book of your choice to get you started. With more than 60,000 titles to choose from, there's no end to the inspiration and entertainment. If you're already a member of audiobooks.com or would like to see Character Crusade's full list of recommended books, go to reading.charactercrusade.com and click on the audiobook of your choice. We would like to thank audiobooks.com for their sponsorship and making it possible to pass great entertainment along to our listeners. Maybe what we should do is an in, is we could inject some fake radio commercials for Haunting Brew Meadery. Oh, that'd be funny. <laughs> oh. 
smooth. I was honey. <laughs> I was, was going to bring my uh, my my metery shirt in too. Mm. Oh yeah. The, the, the metery down the Black Briar. Black Briar metery. Black Briar. I had, yeah. uh, I had gotten a Black Briar <clears throat> metery T-shirt for my birthday. That's awesome. So that is incredible. But see, you can do those advertisements fairly straightforward, right? <laughs> Did you know that of the two hunting brew meadery signs on either side of the path leading to the entrance to the meadery, which is always unlocked? <laughs> Come on in. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> but don't try to get into the boilery. It's kept under lock and key. We do this for health reasons. Yeah. <laughs> it's for your safety. We don't want anyone poisoned. <laughs> Not without us knowing. Exactly. <laughs> when you come back in the autumn for our poison brew, we really mean it. <laughs> oh, dude. 